meditation is to consider the context. So usually when I'm putting a message together, I'll look at the chapter before and after. And uh, a couple weeks back, I had done that and missed something entirely. And I want to come back to it. Um, I'll start with Luke chapter 19. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. In the previous chapter, as we had looked at a few weeks back, a young wealthy man had come to Jesus and said, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus had said, well, you know the commandments. And he said, well, I've done all that since I was a kid. And Jesus said, well, the only thing you lack is go give away everything you have and come follow me. And it says that Jesus loved him, but what he called him to was extraordinary in my way of thinking. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He knows that he's going to die. And so he says, come on and follow me. Tells this guy to basically get rid of all his goods, knowing that the disciples over the next few weeks are going to be hiding for their lives. And then he says, this is what you need to do. And, and so he addresses a, a difficult issue and places quite a weight on the guy, but just says, this is, this is what your life is, is needing. The disciples are overwhelmed by it, and they say, well, how can a man be saved? And uh, Jesus makes the comments, uh, or they had said, how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, and he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Those who heard asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with men is possible with God. What I, what I fail to see is that in the story of Zacchaeus, here's the illustration of the rich man that gets saved. And so there's a, it's this wonderful combining of things saying, yeah, here was an impossible situation, and yet here is the real application of this. Now, in the book of 1 Samuel, the prophet Samuel, who's a, one of the, the main leaders uh, of Scripture, where you know, he, he's, he's born godly, he lives in a time where he's setting things straight, and yet when he goes to appoint a king, and goes to David's household, as God has told him to do, or, or David's father's household. He, he gets there to Jesse's house, and he sees all the other brothers, and he anticipates that those are the ones that are going to be king, and God says, no, not him, not him, not him. Goes to the seven brothers. Finally, he says, are there any more? And God makes this declaration about the young man who's out tending the sheep. He says, Man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. That's a good news and bad news statement. You know, it's, it's the kind of thing that we may present an image, but the truth is God sees through everything. And so at times when we are trying to do our own thing and we're wanting to act religious enough so that others assume we're religious, God still sees through that. The other side of the coin is that even though we may not appear religious, 
and others may not feel that we have a heart that's really bent toward God, he sees the heart and, and is responding to that. So in this situation, you have a rich man who's not going to be embraced by the community, but God sees the heart. The fact that he sees us clearly says to me that when he asks something of me, I can't just dodge it and say, well, I'll give you something else instead. Each of us has our own issues. In this case, it's the thing of wealth, but it, it might be sexuality, it might be relationships, it might be certain forms of security. It, it's all kinds of different things that kind of get to us and we say, well, this is, this is the area that I protect and I'd really rather you not interfere. And yet, because God sees the heart, that's often the thing that he puts his finger on and says, this is what I want you to turn over to me. Let's, uh, let's go on into this story a little bit. Uh, I want you to note a couple things about Jericho where this wealthy man is. Jericho in the Old Testament was called the City of Palms. And uh, I, I did put a picture on there. It's in the Jordan Valley. It uh, is on the main trade routes. It's a wealthy city. It's one of the oldest cities of that region. The reason was because it was strategically placed and it was valuable to people. And so it was a place known for wealth for centuries. Also, I want you to note that the Greeks had seen it as critical and they had they had built it up. The Romans came along and said, this is an important city. They grabbed it. And Herod had built a palace there. So you have an extremely wealthy city during the time of Jesus. Wealthy man in a wealthy city finds God. I like it. He wanted to see who Jesus was. It says, being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it was a good time to make an excuse if you don't really want to go. You want to go see the movie? Nah. Which is inside you're saying, I just don't want to spend that kind of money on that. You want to go out to eat? Nah. <laughs> this goes on in my household regularly. What's to the bottom? I don't want to spend the money. Do you want to go to? Nah. <laughs> but there are a few times <laughs> when it just seems worthwhile. Some years ago, I was living in Illinois, and uh, I kind of had the, uh, the, the impression that God's Spirit dwells in any setting, and so revival can come to any setting. So why should I have to go across the street if there's something going on? He can come here, meet me here. And there is truth to that. But then I had this experience in Florida. It kind of blew me out of the water. And then I'm going, I need to get my family down there. I want my kids to experience this. I want others to experience this. Anything I need to do to get there, I'm going because I encountered God in that setting. And, he, and you know, it was worth any price at that point. You know, and you commit yourself saying, whatever I need to do to experience and have this encounter with God, that's what I'm willing to do. 
So suddenly it wasn't about money anymore. It was just say, there's something more valuable than this. Well, Zacchaeus, you know, he's going, I, I want to see this guy. So he climbs a tree. I doubt that it was any more fitting in that day than it is right now. And, and you know, but he, he does it. He just says, I want to see this guy. Jesus reached the spot. He looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And I'm looking at it going, how did he know his name? Except others are going, look at that fool. You know? <laughs> you know, this wealthy guy's sitting in a tree. And, and they're mocking him, I'm sure. But Jesus sees the heart. And he's ready to, he, he doesn't, exclude him because of his wealth. He just says, here's somebody whose heart is, is set. We tend to, well, yeah, we would, but you know, they're so into drugs. Why bother? You know, who's sitting in the tree? You know, yeah, I would, but you know, they've slept with everybody in the county. Why, <laughs> why try now? You know, it's, it's who's in the tree, is, you know, and, and yet Jesus sees the heart and says, this is, this is valuable. It says, he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And then all the people began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. So again, it's like, you're too clean to go be with this person. And rather, in Jesus' mindset, he says, I bring cleansing. And so even for us, there, there, there needs to be this understanding that going into some settings, it's not about getting polluted. It's about cleansing a situation. Now, I think for each of us, there, there is this, this challenge because there are times for me when people influence me and I have to go, this is either good or bad influence. And if I see that, it, that I'm affected negatively every time I'm around them, then maybe I need to cut that friendship off. But there are other times when I can go into a setting and whether, whether it's profane or not, I know that I'm an influencer. Jesus going into this setting knows that he's the influencer. And so it, it really doesn't matter what the setting is. There's an opportunity to see change. And we need to embrace that for our lives as well. That there are many profane situations we need to walk into so that the light of Christ might shine. But you have to evaluate and say, is God leading me into this? Is he guiding my steps? Or is this something where really I, I have this profane desire to just be a part of that setting? We have to sort it out. But he guides us at times into situations where we go, I didn't see this one coming. But there's an opportunity for cleansing to take place. Here's the thing. Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, Lord, look. Here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. In the other story, Jesus says, go give it away. Zacchaeus knows what the core issue is for his life and what transformation will mean. And he's, he declares it with his mouth, just like, you know, we read in Romans, if you, 
how do you get saved? You know, you, you, you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Part of his confession is this transformation of life that says, wealth doesn't mean that much to me now. And so he's saying, you know, I'll give away half of what I have. And then he goes on, if I've wronged anybody, I'll give back four times. Interesting connection with the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 22. If somebody got busted for stealing, not if they came voluntarily, but if, if they got caught stealing someone's sheep, they had to give back four times. He's not been busted. He's just saying, I'll go the extra step. I want to be in right standing. And so he just says, my life is, I, I want my life to be different. And he takes on a thing that's been precious to him. One thing you need to know about tax collectors of that day, they were assigned a certain amount to collect. Anything they got beyond that went for their own well-being. So it wasn't, they were working strictly commission. You know, you get as much as you can, and then you hang on to everything that's extra. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. I guess when I, when I look at this, I, I want to go back to the principle of asking, seeking, and knocking. That we are told that God is looking on our lives in such a way that if we call out to him, he's going to respond. And so in this situation, Zacchaeus, who everybody else would have written off, has a heart that's calling out. Jesus sees him and responds. In the same way, we are given this promise for our own lives. And so no matter what is our issue or issues, really is not that important. Somebody's got an issue. But uh, <laughs> let's look at this in Matthew. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. God will not refuse you if you open up your heart to him. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? Now that's an unusual illustration, but he brings his point home. If you then, though you are evil, says you don't do everything perfectly. He sees us clearly. <laughs> you got a lot of junk in your life? He sees that entirely. So he points to, just says, though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? The one who is good will give good gifts. And so that's, that's our desire in him, and that's our opportunity that's presented. So impossible situations before us as people are possibilities in God. Doesn't matter what it is. Praise to God. What an awesome thing that is. Why don't you stand with me? And ask the worship team to come back. What we'll do is continue on in open-ended worship. I'm going to pray for God's blessing.
Lord, for some of us, there are issues that seem impossible to be challenged, and yet we come to you and say, we know that you see our hearts. You know what's inside of us, and we thank you for that. We recognize that you are good and you give good gifts, and so we say transform us and place in us the willingness to let go of the things that have been precious to us, recognizing that what we have in you far exceeds anything of value here. Be exalted, we ask. Amen.